With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Corey Grencha. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome back in Sporty Nation. Um, it is a wonderful Sunday night for me right now at this exact moment. It may not be later, but at least right now in the first quarter, the Vikings are up 7-0. to zero. I mean, I will have to apologize to Richie probably for the next week for screaming the Vikings fight song in his ear over the phone um, prepping for this podcast tonight. But, um, you know, it's worth it. It's... It's what we've got, all we've got during hockey's offseason. But there's been a, quite a few things happening all around the NHL. And we have a story from the NFL and some interesting other stories to tell you all on this podcast. It's going to be a fun one. We're really excited about it. So to kick it off, I have to introduce, as per usual, my wonderful and amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores. How you doing? Hello, Corey. I'm just sad for our listeners that they did not get to hear your rendition of the Vikings fight song because I wasn't recording at the time so nobody's going to get to hear it for now unless the Vikings score another touchdown during the time that we are recording and I'd, I'd venture to say that it could happen considering the Seahawks defense isn't that great. And the Seahawks basically have been winning because Russell Wilson's probably your early season MVP. And so they just outscore the other teams, and that's the only reason they're winning. But you were you were right, Corey, that we have a, a big show this this week. We are going to debut a brand new segment later on in the show. It's I decided now here's the thing, Corey. I just came up with a name for it. I couldn't think of like a super fancy name for it. So I'm just gonna call it hashtag random shit. And we're gonna do it. <laughs> Shit. Yes, we are very blunt here. You know, that's a, we don't need something fancy, something cutesy. Who fucking cares? Just hashtag random shit. Random shit. We're going to do that at the very end of the show. And it's just random headlines from around the world that Corey has not seen these headlines yet. So every week I'm going to surprise her with these random shit headlines from around the world. And we'll do that later on in the show. Also coming up, it's the return of Dick of the Week. We're going to get into some free agency. We're going to get into the Coyotes draft hall. Wasn't that many, but we will still talk about it. And we will also get into the Taylor Hall news that happened about an hour and a half or so before we hit record on this particular episode. But, Corey, let's begin with my Dick of the Week this week. And it is apt that Dick of the Week, of course, is always brought to you by Manscaped and Manscaped.com. You can go on to manscaped.com, enter the promo code THPN, and you get 
a discount and you get free shipping, Corey. It's 20% off, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you are a follower of Ian Rappaport, who is a terrific reporter for the National Football League Insider, unfortunately for him, who he was uh, he posted an ad for Manscaped on his own personal Instagram page not too long ago, and he got popped for it. And so my dick of the week this week is the National Football League. We here at the Sporty Nation do not approve of the fact that Ian Rappaport is going to be suspended until October 22nd for posting an ad for Manscaped. So we, of course, approve of the hashtag, hashtag free Ian Rappaport. What a weird story. It's just dumb. I mean, and and so I was kind of talking to you about this earlier today because I... I, I get it. So it's because the NFL has a like a league wide sponsorship with Gillette. And so Manscaped would be in like direct competition with with Gillette. I mean, I feel like they kind of I don't know. I feel like there, there's some differences and they're not like but I could I could see how they're in direct competition with each other at the same time. So like. I get it, but I do think it's highly dumb that he is getting suspended until October 22nd for it. They didn't even notice it the first time. It wasn't until one of his colleagues like had shared it because she thought it was funny. And in all honesty, like, come on, there's players who, yes, they get these high fines and stuff, but even with the high fines, they would still wear their beats remember when that was going on when it was bose was the big sponsor of the nfl and all these players were wearing beats and they kept on freaking out and fining people the players have that ability and we're just paying the fines and we're just kind of like whatever fuck you type of a thing you know it's gone over all the years and you know the adidas nike thing too has been always like back and forth but this one i felt like you were reaching towards the very bottom of the barrel to just like, and it just was handled so poorly. Like they didn't, I'm sure they told him not to say what he got suspended for particularly because he didn't say anything. So then people started pulling out suspicions and started talking about like photos that he had of uh, the Titans practice and stuff like that. And it just became a bigger story than it was. And it really all just comes down to they didn't want to piss off the Gillette people. And they kind of they tainted his name like in the process when they didn't need to. It just made them look bad and it made him unnecessarily look bad because he made one mistake that you see players doing on purpose all the time. You know what's crazy about this is the only winner here is Manscaped because oh, na- absolutely, how much press they're getting from this is insane. It's free PR for them right now. And if you follow them on social media at Manscaped, you'll see that they're taking full advantage of this on their social media platforms as well. They should. It's like, I don't, I don't get it, man. I don't get what the NFL is doing here. It's in like, it just, it just doesn't make any sense. I understand that they have guidelines, but to a suspension, no. No, it should have been, hey, Ian, take that down, and instead you can go and you can put up an ad for Gillette. 
end of story. But instead, nope, their best insider, their most popular insider across all of their networks is now going to be off air for two weeks. That's for something he posted well over a month ago that they, that they didn't even know about. Like, that's insane to me. So, it once again proves that the NFL has no idea what they're doing. <laughs> they really and don't. You have to wonder, too, like, if it wasn't necessarily that it was that, like, they found out, like, from this. You have to wonder, too, if it was, like, say, like, Gillette saw it and then brought it to their attention. And that's why they're being so over the top about it. Like, I mean, I've always thought that it's, like, I get from a sponsor point of view that, like, you know, we pay to be your sponsor. But, like there's a certain point where you kind of where it gets a little to be a little bit much like a team that I worked for was sponsored by Pepsi and constantly people were taking like the outside part of Coke bottles off. So that way you couldn't tell that someone was drinking a Coke and that was like inside behind the scenes where people didn't see, but just in case there was a Pepsi person taking a tour or walking through, you didn't want that to be seen. That to me is just, there is a certain point where it just becomes a little much. I 100% agree. So the NFL, you are, as a show, this is usually Richie's dick of the week, but I think we can as a show this week, the National Football League, you are the Sporty Nation's dick of the week. Presented by Manscaped.com. Promo code THPN, 20% discount, free shipping on all of their terrific, terrific Products. Okay, so let's dive in now to the week that was the Arizona Coyotes. We had the NHL draft earlier this week. We, of course, had the beginning of free agency. And the Coyotes were not that busy in either. Of course, they didn't have a pick in the NHL draft until the fourth round. By the way, I don't know if you guys saw or watched the draft, but apparently the second day of the NHL draft lasted like nine hours. (laughs) It took forever, apparently. So good on you, NHL, for wasting everybody's time with an eight-hour draft. I, for the most part, boycotted it. Like, I watched every now and then, but I, for the most part, boycotted it. Because I thought, you know, well, if they're going to really fuck over the Coyotes that way with with all of the picks that they had taken for, for all those repercussions that we've gone over before, um, which, you know, th- it was too to me it was too far it was there's a necessary point again they've crossed the line there um that was my kind of payback was i wasn't really going to watch it much like i looked on twitter and did all of that and kind of saw like what was going on but i didn't really want to like i didn't want to participate in it because i just felt a little bit shafted i mean I watched a little bit just so I could see the like happy reactions because that's my favorite part is to be able to see like the family celebrating and um, in a year like we've had uh, those warm fuzzy feelings are always like good to watch. Um, But at the same time, um, I also didn't want to really give them that satisfaction. And so the Coyotes didn't have a pick obviously until the fourth round and with their fourth round selection, they of course took a young uh, player Mitchell Miller, he of course is headed to the University of North Dakota. He is of course United States born, and he has. I'm pulling up his page here on on uh, elite prospects. Now there was some interesting things going on with Mitchell Miller. There were some 
people who took Mitchell Miller off their draft board completely because of something that he did when he was a teenager and he was a, he was 14 years old and um, he was accused and charged with assaulting a, assaulting a schoolmate. Um, allegedly what happened is him and another boy were accused of making another boy eat a candy push pop after wiping it in a bathroom urinal. Surveillance video also showed the boys punching and kicking the kid who has developmental disabilities. And what came of this is, of course, they essentially pleaded guilty. Mitchell Miller and the other other kid in this case, um, where they received identical sentences um, of super that will be supervised by the court. They were to have no contact with the victim of the case. They mu- they served 25 hours of community service, and they also had to pay a a fine as well. So Mitchell Miller. Awful, awful thing that he did when he was 14 years old. And he was taken off a lot of draft boards because of it. And unfortunately, you know, I don't, I haven't seen this getting too much reporting, but that's still a red flag. And I understand why a lot of people be kind of angry with the fact that they, they took somebody who would ever even think of doing this in the first place. And, and it takes away from what he can do on the ice. But when I see this, I'm just like, I don't care what he can do on the ice at this point. I don't know why you would you would draft somebody with the history of this, especially doing something that awful. Yeah, I mean, um, so I think it was in Sylvania, Ohio. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, is where it happened. I just I just had uh, looked at it too. Um, I just wanted to make sure, but yeah, it was in Sylvania, Ohio, and um, yeah, he. I don't think there is. <sighs> It, this is such a, a difficult situation in the fact that, like, clearly the Coyotes did their background. They definitely probably checked, made sure that, you know, he is a much better adult. It did happen four years ago when he was 14. I I, I err on the side of you, though, in the fact that I, I don't think that's something to, that you can really forgive someone for. Like, I get that, you know, someone should have second chances. They should be able to grow. Like, you know, the everyone likes to always bring up like the cancel culture thing and that like, you know, people do become better people. And when you're a kid, you make dumb mistakes, but that is, that is grade a bullying right there. And that is, and to really mess with that kid and a kid who already is struggling through life. And the fact that they have uh, disabilities is unforgivable. Like you cannot, what that says about you as a person is so, terrible and and i again they must have talked to him and they must have talked to other people who know him and really felt like he had grown and that he had put that in his past and that he was becoming a better person but i i don't i don't think i as a person could have drafted him knowing that and here's what uh, bill armstrong and the arizona county said about him he said that Mitchell Miller, he was very open about it. He actually wrote every NHL team about it and admitted that he made a big mistake. I like the fact that he didn't hide from it. It was impressive. Um, their uh, lead scout went on to say, obviously what happens in the past is part of their story and it's something that you have to got to look into and it obviously paints a picture a certain way, but I am always going to go with what I saw firsthand by interacting with them. If we want things to change, we've got to allow for people to change. We can't let something that happened in the past define who you are. 
I think all of us need to be way more open to that, to allowing for that to be a possibility, especially when you're talking about a 14-year-old. So that was probably the biggest thing to come out of the Arizona Coyotes draft. And just for due diligence sake, let's go through, uh, we're not going to spend much time on this, but um, in terms of scouting, because all of these players were drafted after the fourth round. But here are the other names, at least, as far as the Arizona Coyotes are concerned in this draft. Mitchell Miller, of course, in the fourth round. Carson Bantle in the fifth round. Philip Barkland in the sixth round. Elliot Ekegifford from Sweden, from Sweden in the seventh round. And Ben McCartney. Those were, cat do it. Yeah, those were your, your draft picks for the Arizona Coyotes this year. So not a whole heck of a lot of news from there. Not a whole heck of a lot of news in the free agency front either. The Coyotes were pretty quiet in the free agency front. Uh, Corey, they only picked up three players, um, couple uh, mostly for the bottom six. Anything stand out for you as far as the free agency is concerned for the Coyotes? Yeah, so Pitlick, who's uh, 28, he's set to join um, his fourth NHL team in the past five seasons. He got a two-year um, 3.5 mil contract. Um, he had eight goals with 12 assists in 63 games with the Flyers. He led the Flyers forwards with 132 hits and 42 shots. He was a, he was a key part of their penalty kill, and um, he played in all 16 of the Flyers um, play in and um, playoff games, and um, he had two goals and one assist in that. And I don't know why I said assist as if there was more two goals and one assist. And um, I, I think he will be a, a good addition towards the bottom there, either third or fourth line in the fact that basically him plus all these other ones, I, I just don't, uh, or the other two, I really don't feel like they're worth talking about as much. Um, I have some notes on Hayden, but um, I, they're all basically being added for the fact that they will add some some size and some brew. I mean, I'm not going to talk about it in the way that um, Armstrong has been quoted talking about it, about how he wants um, our players to be prickly like a cactus and, you know, all of his other Arizona analogies he's come up with currently. But um, I, I think this is the missing... He was trying to have these additions come in as kind of the missing pieces that we've been talking about for a long time when it comes to having those classic grinding players that can really bring in that um, that heaviness and that grit into the, your style of play. And um, so I think that's the addition that they were trying to come in with here and, you know, um, replace people like maybe like a Brad Richardson who um, will be out soon, I would say. So, um that's basically what it kind of looks like to me. I, I don't think it was definitely, it wasn't really brought in. None of them were brought in for talent per se. They were more brought in for their, uh, their grit and their griminess. Yeah. The big, the big one here for me is Johan Larson. I think that was the best move so far that Bill Armstrong made Johan Larson coming from Buffalo 27-year-old center. He is since he is the guy who is essentially going to replace Brad Richardson in the lineup because Johan Larson is an elite defensive player. He is really good in the defensive end. 
Um, that's pretty much the only place where he's deployed. He's not expected to put up a lot of points. He only put up 18 points last season for the Buffalo Sabres, which was actually pretty good for him in terms of his career. He has 400 NHL games under his belt, and he you know plays well on the penalty kill. So I like that move, and he's really cheap for the next two seasons. And uh, um, you look at, I went to dieByTheBlade.com, which is the Buffalo Sabres SB Nation site, and they graded him last season. They gave him a B. And I think that was a great addition to the bottom of the Coyotes lineup. And it's clear that that's what Rick Tockett and Bill Armstrong want, is they want more grit and more oomph, uh, not only on the forecheck, but better defensively too, because they know that that's how they're going to win hockey games next year is making sure that the other team doesn't score because they know that there's not enough scoring on this team to to make the difference in terms of making the playoffs. So also, did you check out our Twitter account last night, Corey, by any chance? Uh, yes, I did. I made a meme. Did you like my meme I put out? I did like your meme that you put out. It was, uh, it was very on par for... I, I almost feel like that should be a movie night some night. Don't yeah, you don't mess with the Johan. <laughs> if if you missed it, you got to go to our our Twitter and check it out. Yes, I I photoshopped. Very clever. There was other people that enjoyed it too. I I photoshopped Johan Larson's face onto Adam Sandler's face from the movie You Don't Mess with the Johan. Which is actually pretty funny. I saw I, I saw it one time. I was like, oh, this is a funny movie. Um, and I, I put Johan Larson's face on Adam Sandler's face. And I changed it to You Don't Mess With The Johan. So I'm excited to get Johan Larson into the fold with the Arizona Coyotes. Um, granted, his offense isn't great. But, hey, still excited for it. None the less. All right, do we have um, – ooh, not a lot of Coyote stuff left. Oh, we should probably touch on Oliver Ekman Larson before we move on to random shit here. Are you surprised that Oliver Ekman Larson didn't get moved? I'm a little surprised. I'm kind of disappointed, honestly. Um, I, I mean, that's... In the end, if they weren't going to get what he's deserved to get, then then yes, they shouldn't have traded him and, and things, everything's fine. And, and that's how I felt you know, with how selective he made it be with what teams and Boston wasn't that interested. And, you know, so then it came down to Vancouver and Vancouver sounded like they weren't really wanting to give the Coyotes much. So, you know, there wasn't a lot of wiggle room there. And they also, he also, his agent gave them a timetable. So, um, it's it was a lot of moving parts and it was very tough for it to happen. I'm kind of disappointed that it didn't because that would be a massive uh, contract to offload. Um, but I I think if they weren't getting the return that he did that we deserve to get from him, then yes, keep him on board. I just I get really frustrated when it comes to the fact that like there was quotes you know talking about his like captaincy next year and stuff like that and i just felt like and i know it's always puts a bad taste in people's mouths to say to take the captaincy away from someone but i just feel like the captaincy should be taken away from him that is actually an interesting point i don't know where i'm at on that 
I, I, man, I see. Yeah, we didn't talk about that before the show, so you're kind of springing that on me. But I'm glad you did because it's that's something that I think should get discussed, right? I think, I think what we may see is a situation where clearly Oliver Ekman Larson wants to stay here. I think he really likes it here in Arizona. I think he's comfortable here in Arizona. There's a reason why he re-signed with the Coyotes in the first place is because he wanted to play here. And I think that's why his list was so short in the first place. But what I'm worried about is a situation where now he knows that the team wanted to trade him. And we know from previous reporting that him and Rick Tockett aren't the greatest mesh in the world. So I'm worried that the situation deteriorates from there. And you have a player who who it just kind of just is coming to an end of his tenure here and just doesn't want to be here at some point. And if that's the case then you know it's time to move on from him. And I wonder if they re-look at trading him at the trade deadline and maybe Oliver Ekman Larson at that point is more open more open to a trade at the trade deadline. But one last piece of NHL news before we move on here. A bit of a shock. Actually, I wouldn't say a bit of a shock. A massive, massive shock to NHL free Absolutely. agency on Saturday night because – Corey Taylor Hall signed with a team that shocked everybody. I mean, the best joke that's going around right now is maybe he told his agent he wants Buffalo wings not to go to Buffalo. That was actually the funniest <laughs> thing that I've been seeing going around right now because of the fact that like Taylor Hall signed a one-year contract, one-year contract for $8 million in Buffalo. What the fuck? No one was, like, expecting this at all. Like, even in our Slack chat, we were all, like, um, going... When we heard that it was going to be Buffalo, I'm sitting back here thinking, okay, Eichel, money. Eichel and money. And so then I'm, like, sending all these gifts of, like, money raining down on people, people taking, like, money showers. And then this whole thing came in, and it was one year, eight mil in Buffalo. And it sounds great for Buffalo. I don't see anything of what, um, you know, I don't see anything coming out of this that is what Taylor Hall has been saying that he's wanted, you know? like and None of this is, I don't expect them to be winning a Stanley Cup in the next year. I don't see this as some extraordinary contract. I mean... Um, Oliver Ackman Larson. Oliver Ackman Larson makes more than him. Like I just don't. I don't get it. I really don't get it. It's weird all around. I don't understand why he didn't sign a long-term contract now. And the crazy thing is, is like the best comparison to make is a comparison to football. Because what happened on on Sunday afternoon for the Dallas Cowboys? Dak Prescott fucked up his ankle. Oh, that looked terrible. His ankle went 90 degrees. As someone who has two really messed up ankles from like ankle injuries over the years, that hurt me on the deep, deep inside. That man is going in for surgery tonight. That is insane. And that's what this reminds me of is for Dak Prescott, he has yet to sign his big contract. He's been playing under the franchise tag for two years because the Cowboys refused to pay him what he wants, which is, you know, 35 to $40 million. And unfortunately for Dak, he's hurt now. 
and he was never able to sign that big contract. And that's what doesn't make any sense here with Taylor Hall, is when you have your chance to go get money, especially when you're Taylor Hall, who's almost 30 years old, it's this is going to be your last big contract. Go get the money while you can. Why wait another year to do that? That seems ridiculous to me. Remember what he said, what he told Coyotes Media in his last media session when, when he was a Coyote? He basically was like, I want to win. That's my that's my my biggest want is to win. So why the fuck do you go to freaking Buffalo? They ain't gonna win shit. I'm sorry. They're not. They're not gonna make the playoffs again this year. Jack Eichel wants out of that situation for a reason. It's a disaster. Well, I don't understand why when he had his pick of the entire NHL litter, that's where he decided to go for a year. Because he's going to get traded at the trade deadline, and Buffalo's going to get another first-round pick for him, likely. What? I don't, I, don't, I don't get it, man. Wacky, wacky, wacky stuff. It really just doesn't make any sense. And, and I'm glad that you bring up the whole thing about Dak Prescott and, like, the injury thing. Because, like, think about Grabner in the fact that, like, you know, in a single game your life and your career can change. After that eye injury, his career and life changed. Er, like, irreversibly changed. There's no way he can go back to the way he was before that. And so, even being the great Taylor Hall, you can get injured. You can have an injury that will last throughout the rest of your career. Or you can have an injury that you're playing through, like Phil Kessel had, and then you end up not valuing as much because you don't look as good like you're looking like you're losing your stride. Everyone will start saying that you're getting old and that you're losing it. So why would you have one year that doesn't give you any security when you are that type of player in the NHL that, as you said, had pick of the litter and you're 100% right. He will get traded and then... They will get a first-round pick for him, and they will get the benefit of all of this. I don't see anything that is on Taylor Hall's side. I don't know where the mind of him or his agent is, unless they have some insider information. There's some like insider trading type shit that's going on in the background that we don't know about that like they know is going to happen and makes this okay with him because it seems very one-sided to me. I 100% agree, man. That situation is going to be fascinating to watch all season long in Buffalo. Because I wonder if allegedly Buffalo is going to keep Jack Eichel, but if things go fast, sour really quickly, I wonder if Jack Eichel and Taylor Hall are both gone at the trade deadline for the Buffalo Sabres. Okay, we've been pumping this up all week long. It is going to be the debut of what we are calling hashtag random shit. Especially because we are in because we are in the off season now, where there's not gonna be a whole heck of a lot to talk about. We're just gonna talk about random shit for ten minutes at the end of the show. So Corey, I have three stories here for you from around the world, and I want you to give me your reaction to them. And let's begin in Transylvania of all places. Home to of course Dracula. And the vampires. A mummified cat 
found buried in a house in Transylvania City mentioned in Bram Stoker's Dracula is expected to fetch up to $1,500 at an auction. The fossilized feline was discovered in the cellar of a home in Bistrita, which is the first stopover for protagonist Jonathan Harker in the 1897 gothic horror novel. The cat's remains were often placed in the walls of properties across Europe in the past as a good luck omen. <laughs> and apparently the auctioneer was expecting buyers to come out in full force because it's Halloween and the cat was found by a 40-year-old artist in his late grandmother's house, which is in the northern Transylvania region of Romania. So would you purchase a mummified cat? Because apparently it brings people good luck. Uh, fuck no. Um, okay, first of all, I am not the cat person on the show. Richie is the cat person on the show. First and foremost, um, I am definitely a dog person. Um, I am slightly allergic to cats, and I just am not very big on them. My friend has a cat named Orangey that looks like Garfield. That's the closest thing I've gotten to, um, to cat and appreciating a cat. Um, I, I... I say hi to Gibson, which is Richie's cat, but that's about as uh-huh. far as I go. That's um, true. So, I I will say that even if it wasn't a cat, and and I'm I'm a big my 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 mom was always a big vampire person. She loved like Dracula and all that stuff, and she loved like all like the old vampire ones. I love all the new vampire stuff. Like I I love um all of the underworlds um. I even watched like Vampire Diaries. I loved that show. Uh, not big fan of Twilight. Um, and I even what we do in the shadows, like all the vampire type stuff. I love it. I quite enjoy that. I'm not a big Halloween person, but I love the vampire side of things. I do too. No, no way in fucking hell would I ever buy this thing, even if it was supposed to bring me some good luck. That is some creepy shit. It's very weird. I don't think I would ever buy a mummified cat i would be so freaked out by it like very very freaked out by this apparently here's what the the guy who found it said he said my brother and i found the cat in the wall of my grandma's house which was built in 1921 we were cleaning the cellar when we noticed a crack in the wall and decided to loosen the bricks to see what was behind it we thought we might find a hidden room or compartment as i removed some of the bricks i noticed something that looked like a miniature head of an animal Ooh, that would freak me the fuck out. <laughs> oh my fucking gosh. That is the makings of finding out that she was um, a serial killer and that there are a bunch of dead bodies behind there. That's what that that that's what that sounded like it was leading to. I mean, I still would have been just as creeped out by a mummified cat. Like what someone should really do is somewhere in Romania build a little miniature um, pyramid. Put that mummified cat in there. It can be like its own little pyramid and it can hang out there and it can be its own mummy in there. Just just let it stay there on its own or I don't know, cremate it, do something. But just, oh, no, 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 no. You do not want to buy that thing. Keep that thing hidden in a wall so that way your grandchildren can find a fucking mummified cat. What is wrong with you people? Have you ever wanted to live under a rock, Corey, in the year 2020? Um, sometimes. I think sometimes Patrick Starr may not have been as dumb as he appeared to be on SpongeBob. 
Well, you're in luck because life in a cave is looking more and more viable these days. There is a new stay found on Hotels.com where they're offering visitors a chance to live under a rock during the first week of November as a respite from the world's ills. Between November 2nd and November 7th, escapists can take cover in a design-inspired cave carved out 50 feet below ground in New Mexico. It's the perfect opportunity for, quote, those who are experiencing election stress disorder, which apparently is a real thing. I think all of us are going through that whether we like to admit it or not. Five nights at the inn costs just $25 plus tax. That's incredible. I would totally do this. After you've cashed your ballot, you can check out the newsfeed negativity and check into a man-made cave. The website continues. So, a couple things here. One, I almost forgot to ask this um, to the Sporting Nation, which Scotty had asked me to ask to everyone. Um, does anyone actually listen to political ads on TV and actually believe them slash change their mind on how they're going to vote. You wanted me to ask that because we're, we're just watching like all of the Martha McSally, Mark Kelly ones. And we're like, are you, does anyone actually believe this shit for one? And then two, um, I vowed to never go back to New Mexico after my brother moved back from there. Um, <laughs> so... I don't know, and and I'm sorry, I don't mean to shit on New Mexico, but he lived in a very small, bodunk little town in New Mexico, and the only thing that was there was like a, a Walmart, and I it gives me nightmares still. Um, so yeah, I, I I won't go back to New Mexico, but I mean, if you're in a situation, and I've heard a bunch of different ones, some of them have these like retreats that are in the middle of like uh they have like tp set up and you have these like very spiritual things and stuff like that i mean to each their own if you really want to just get away and and live in like a cave for a little while and decompress go right ahead i feel like i would rather just go camping out in the wilderness you know and just shut off all my phones and devices and stuff like that and just go camping. I don't think I would pay people for me to just be out away from everyone. But to each their own. If that's what you need, then then you go do that. Alright, I got one more for you here. That also might freak a lot of you out in the Sporty Nation. And it comes to our friends from the state of Florida. Shocker. Uh, always does. Always does. Self-proclaimed snakeaholics Ryan Osborne and Kevin Pavlidis have tracked down an 18.9-foot Burmese python, setting a new record in Florida over the previous one set by a serpent that was just one-tenth of a foot shorter. Both members of Florida Fish and Wildlife's Python Action Team, the two found the female snake sninkling through the swampy Everglades region and filmed the capture just before midnight. The effort to pull the creature out of the waist-deep water took every ounce of strength, they said. The video is on Facebook. Um, apparently, 
The snake weighs over a hundred pounds. Well over a hundred pounds. This sounds awful. Like, absolutely awful. Like, I, I thought it was terrible to people that really love to be around, like, crocodiles and alligators and stuff like that. But that, that sounds absolutely terrible. And, like, uh, outside of, like, a, a Nicki Minaj or Cardi B music video, I don't find a point of something that large and reptilian being alive. Um, it, it, that scares the shit out of me. Like, I don't, I'm not saying kill it, but I'm saying, like, just people need to leave that shit alone. Because that is freaky as hell, for one. And two, I'm not saying this lightly. I have been in a pit with snakes, so has Richie. Mm-hmm. And that thing was what? It was maybe six feet long? At least, say? for sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably put it at about, yeah, between six and ten feet, somewhere in there. <laughs> so, like, 18? Yeah, that's a little much. I mean, this is literally, like... It, to me, not not to make like a like a crude joke about it, but like, it, it's the point where like women always make like commentary of like you know there's 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 big and then there's too big, that's too big, <laughs> and I I just don't think that we should be fucking around with a uh, eighteen. How was it? Eighteen point what? Eighteen point nine feet. Yeah, we shouldn't be fucking around with an eighteen point nine foot python. That's just not, mm-mm. Nope, let that thing be. Let let it do its own shit. And uh, we just shouldn't bother that thing. I 100% agree. And that's all three stories. That's the very first inaugural edition of hashtag random shit. What do you think? What do you, what do you think of the stories this week? I mean, I absolutely love when you do these. Uh, you do these also on the freaks. You're... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, w- I would say your what you your day job, but like it, it's at night, so it's your regular job at night. Um, and you've always done very good at finding these really weird ass stories that are a ton of fun, and a lot of them are out of Florida, which always seems not surprising. But um, they are some of the best things that I've ever heard in my life because of the fact that they are uh, so entertaining. Oh, speaking of entertaining. Um, also on Twitter, if you go to mine and Richie's Twitter, you will find a video Richie made to try and mock me about my hatred of uh, candy corn. And it is quite a good video. It is of him eating candy corn and looking very exciting to do it. His hand, oh my God, what is the hand that's in um, the Adams family? But his hand straight up looks like that walking Thing. hand from the Adams family trying to like... Uh, dive into the candy corn it's it's quite good so go go check that out on twitter as well i'm so glad you love that video i it took me about two minutes to put together um and i'm glad you liked it and i put some uh, really ridiculous music underneath it so you're welcome sporty nation for that ridiculous video <laughs> that's what we do in the off season here in sport in the sporty nation we just it's random completely freaking random that's our brand we just we just like to have fun. It doesn't really, and that's the thing is that the off season will get boring. So at least you know when you are listening to us that it won't get boring. So you know, tell your friends 
who are all bored and are tired of, you know, already missing hockey and whatnot to, to listen to to listen to us and become part of the sporting nation. We will make sure that they get entertained with hockey and other shit all the way through um, the off season. And then we'll go back into some more regular hockey stuff during the regular season. But you know, the fun never stops here. Yeah. I posted on Twitter the other day when we were teasing that segment there, I was like, you know, we are, I think our show is the most fun of the entire network. I'm just saying, I, we we will make you laugh more than any other show on the Hockey Podcast Network, hands down. Calling the motherfuckers out. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it, Richie. Yeah, we're probably going to get tweets for that from 15 different shows. Be like, ah, what do you mean? We're a funny show, too. Nah, nah. Did you fucking talk about an 18-foot snake? No. Or a mummified <laughs> cat? No. No. Or a chance to live under a rock? Fuck no. What the fuck were you talking about? You were talking about Taylor fucking Hall for 15 minutes. Thank you. End of rant. Yeah, that is that is feisty, Richie. Hashtag feisty, Richie. It's one of the best. I really enjoy feisty, Richie. He only comes out when um, the Rams do something wrong. <laughs> uh, that's yeah, yeah. Because we're in season now, so luckily it's been ninety-five percent good this year. They're four and one. Got a big win over Washington. Headed into San Francisco on Sunday Night Football next week. I'm I'm excited for how the Rams are looking this year. Thankfully, I have something positive to talk about in terms of my teams locally. All right, any before anything else before we go? Uh, nothing from me, and I won't steal your send off this time. Um, oh, I am really quickly. Uh, since you were drinking your cold brew per the usual lately, I I will say that I was drinking my Mother Earth. Kelly cream in uh, vanilla cream nice. ale during the show. So I picked up the beer end for the squad. Thank you very much for doing that. Cause I'm here. I'm here basically here at work. So I can't drink on a lot of times we do the podcast on Sundays. But anyway, with that said, um, go to our Twitter and our Instagram pages and you can check out a link to our sporting nation store and you can buy some merch there um, you can follow the network at HockeyPodNet, and they have a bunch of stuff there, all that good stuff, patreon.com slash HockeyPodNet, I believe, and um, and get some content there. With that said, uh, we'll, we will talk to you again next week, Sporting Nation. There will be more random fucking stories to talk about. I will come up with some, with some, some more good ones for Corey and surprise her. Maybe even another Florida story. In fact, I can almost guarantee there will be another Florida story in there. So for Corey, absolutely, I have been Richie. Thank you so much for hanging out on this episode of Sporty with Corey and Richie. Until next week, good night and good hockey, everybody. Do you want a true champion's perspective? Well, come on over to the Bulls broadcast, where we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, have some friendly banter, and of course... Hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony Nunschwander. Ah, you didn't pronounce it right. Anthony. Anthony Nunschwander. It's it's N-E-U-E-N. It's Neuenschwander. Anthony Neuenschwander. Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know. I don't know how you expected me to put that together. Come on. You only took it for four years. I took it for two. Took it for two years? Oh, no. Jado took it that long. 
I, I took it for two years and was like asleep in all of German too. Oh, you you, you only took it in, in uh, junior high. You didn't take yeah. it in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway, and it was like me and I don't know five other people, and all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us while she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible <laughs> class. No. <laughs> We were in terrible class. A couple people were terrible people. Uh, not going to mention names. Not going to call it anybody in this pod. It was Chase Crawshaw. It was 100% <laughs> not me. Oh, boy. I know a couple of those names, but uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday, only on the Hockey Podcast Network.